Well, we are getting super close to Saturday's homecoming game against Arizona State at the Rose Bowl. We've got so much football to talk about on this show. But first, want to welcome you in to Locked on Bruins. Yes, I'm Brian Fenley. You can find me on Twitter. Yeah, that's a thing, at Brian Fenley, Brian with a Y. You can email me. Don't be shy. Don't be bashful. Don't hesitate. Whatever is on your mind, floating around in your headspace, get it out. Let me hear it. Football, basketball, whatever UCLA topics, athletics come to mind. And you can also hit that subscribe button. And so we can help build up the fan base and the listenership here, just like the football team is trying to build up some wins, right, in the win column. So a little bit about me. As you know, I'm a co-host for UCLA's Coaches Show. It's called the Bruin Insider Show. You can always go back and listen to it on UCLABruins.com. You go to their multimedia section. We do that with Nick Cope and Wayne Cook. It's a great time. We do it every Tuesday, and it also runs on the radio, a terrestrial radio in Los Angeles on Tuesdays. I also... Work as a national anchor for Fox Sports Radio, so there are tons of ways that you can kind of check out my content. As far as what I've got in store for you today, so we got Arizona State, their running back, Eno Benjamin, so much hype for him coming into this season, but he hasn't really lived up to that, and I'll try to explain why, plus more on his backstory and how he lets distractions in social media impact him plus chip kelly had his final media availability yesterday before the saturday kickoff against arizona state what insightful things came about from that we'll discuss and then wade lease bruin punter and ucla linebacker jason harris they also addressed the media yesterday and there were some Interesting tidbits, particularly what Jason Harris said about what was the the ultimate motivating force for the Bruins against Stanford and something that Chip Kelly told them to do, and I will reveal that at the end of this podcast. All right, so let's not waste any more time. Let's get right into Eno Benjamin. Uh, This guy, well, he came into this season as the Pac-12's leading rusher from a year ago. So you had Joshua Kelly for the Bruins, who had a monumental season for UCLA. But even Eno Benjamin had better stats than Joshua Kelly last year. And he actually finished second in the FBS last year with 83 missed tackles. 83 missed tackles by this running back. He is back. And his numbers have actually dipped a little bit from... Last year, where he was averaging about 5.5 yards per carry in in the 13 games last year for the Sun Devils, and through seven games this year, he is at 4.5 yards per carry, which begs the question, what the heck is going on with Eno Benjamin this year, and why are his stats not at the level that they were a season ago? There are a couple different explanations for this, reasons, excuses, whatever you want to call it, that I have read and that I can obviously blatantly see. I'm going to give you three that I think really stand out. The first one, and probably the most obvious one, is the shortcomings with their offensive line, which is eerily similar to what the Bruins are dealing with right now as far as the numerous amount of youth 
and youngsters on the offensive line for UCLA. And that also is a problem for Arizona State. And they are starting two true freshmen on the offensive line, Donovan West and Ladarius Henderson. And Ladarius Henderson is 17 years old, and he is your starting left tackle. He's 17 years old, and he's your, he's your starting left tackle. I don't care how good this guy is, and I'm sure he's super good, and I, obviously he is, but if you're 17 years old, you just don't have the game experience and the reps to know what it takes. And so, unfortunately for Eno Benjamin, this has truncated his ability to get open and find holes. Now, before I give you my second viewpoint on why Eno Benjamin is struggling, I've got to commend the guy because he really did impress against Utah last week, and the Utes are absolutely voracious on defense and in stopping the run, and I think they are second or best or right around second best in the country in stopping the run, and they give up about 50 yards a game, Utah does, and Eno Benjamin eclipsed 100 yards on the ground in this game. So say what you will about his numbers, but the fact that he had that many yards against such a defense that devours running backs, consumes them, is a good sign for not only him, but perhaps that the offensive line and some of the youngsters are starting to get it. Now, the second thing I wanted to bring up is Arizona State's offense. Now, they have some really good receivers, even, even this year. But if you follow the team last year and you watch the UCLA-Arizona State game a season ago, Nikhil Harry was just a jaw-dropping talent for the Sun Devils as a receiver. I mean, he elicited a lot of attention from our defense. And rightly so, he was a first-round draft pick in the NFL. So when you have a, a talent like that, it, you're going to get double-teamed, right? You're going to get extra focus sent your way, which opened up some things in the running game last year because of how good Nikhil Harry was. They don't have a Nikhil Harry-type player right now, a, a first-round NFL draft pick prospect. And so defenses are starting to cheat, and they're, they're, they're kind of cheating at the line because they know that they can get away with maybe adding numbers in the box. My third point about why Eno's numbers have dipped a lot this year compared to last year is who the Sun Devils have gone to as their quarterback. They decided to go with a true freshman in Jaden Daniels. And so much of what his skill set is, is predicated on how well he can run the football. The offense has a lot of design run plays for Jaden. And, you know, they like to see him get out and scramble and pick up first downs with his feet, kind of like what Dorian Thompson Robinson is doing right now, which. For, for Jaden, that's great. But for Eno, on, on his side, that basically what that does is that takes some carries and touches away from him. So, you know, there's only so many carries or, or plays you can run. And if you are now Arizona State and much of your focus offensively is how can you get your quarterback out in space and run, well, then 
you know, your stud running back is going to be victimized by that or a victim of that, if you will, in that his numbers, his touches maybe aren't going to be where they are. But I think the most pressing point of all those three things that are certainly all up for debate and to be discussed is the offensive line, which, as I have noted over the course of this week, has a lot of different issues that are very similar to UCLA. And it all starts with the youth issue, with both teams starting two true freshmen. And for UCLA, their running game, much better now than it was at the start of the season because those youngsters on the offensive line are getting reps, they're getting experience. And it's been pointed out that for UCLA, the last four games, they have accrued at least 200 yards rushing, which is much better than the measly numbers we saw at the beginning of the year. And so you can also argue that Arizona State's running game is getting better. Now, they had a very... A pedestrian non-conference schedule there are some big names in there like a Michigan State who they beat but I think we've come to realize that Michigan State it was not the hype team that we all thought they would be at the beginning of the year I mean they have been basically a clown show and have not at all reached the expectations that we thought so while Arizona State won against a power five team that looks good I think that finally they're getting tested right now with playing some of the venerable Pac-12 teams. And now that maybe their offensive line is starting to click, you're seeing Eno Benjamin get better in accruing yardage and having 100 yards against Utah on the ground last week, which is, that is a humongous, a humongous accomplishment. And I'm just so interested to see how our rush defense is going to stack up because we got some big guys, and you know that the emphasis is going to be running the football. Because with Jaden Daniels, he completed four passes against Utah. That was it the whole game. So I wonder where his confidence level is. Now, he said all the right things after the game, and hey, we're just going to look forward and not think about the past, but we're going to learn from all these things. But the fact that he had such a tough, demoralizing game, you wonder for a youngster who hasn't had a lot of experience and has had some pretty good games that he has strung together against inferior competition, you wonder how he's going to bounce back after really getting tested and if it affects at all this week against UCLA, his morale and his confidence. Coming up in our next segment, I'm going to recap what Chip Kelly said on Wednesday during his final media availability, of course, before Saturday's game. But first, MyBookie is the premier place to bet on all your favorite pro and college football action every weekend. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and bet with the best at MyBookie. Visit MyBookie.ag today. Use promo code locked on to activate the offer. Chip Kelly had his final media availability session of the week yesterday as we head into the kickoff on Saturday against Arizona State, a 4.30 p.m. kickoff. It's homecoming at the Rose Bowl. Hope you can all get out there and support the guys. But a couple 
nuggets to glean from Chip Kelly's media session were, first off, he was asked about Arizona State's scoring, or lack of scoring, if you will, and it's not been very hot if you look at the overall stats. Kelly quickly responded and said, well, you look at the stats, and they are, they are a bit misleading. They are skewed. And he attributed that to the, the score against Utah. Okay, so last week, Arizona State fell to Utah 21-3. to and, and having only three points in the game is really going to mess with your overall scoring stats, obviously. But you have to consider that Utah has the fourth-ranked defense in the country. So if you can scrap that and that effort and that performance, then the scoring is not as big of an issue for Arizona State. And it certainly was exposed like any other team that's pretty much played Utah. Their offense has been exposed. But if I could take you on a tangent for just a second, the Sun Devils had lost this game, obviously, by 18 points to the use. This was the first loss all season long for Arizona State that was by more than three points. I mean, think about that for a second. They have been so close in all of their games. That's dangerous because that shows you, and Wayne Cook said this on the Bruin Insider Show, that that shows you that this team is really well coached and they are trending in the right direction and are basically not to be messed with, obviously, and have good composure and poise out there. So back to, to Chip Kelly's thoughts about the stats. Like, yeah, if you disregard the game against Utah. So maybe you know a Sun Devils fan, and, and if you do, they're you know what they're telling you. I, I know exactly what they're telling you. They're going to tell you, Oh, and they're going to boast about the teams that they have already beaten this year and that they've played against some stiff competition and they've really risen to the occasion. But I would urge you to, to, to take that and say, you know what, that's actually fool's gold. Because as I mentioned with Michigan State, and if you follow college football, we've seen the pitfall of Michigan State this year. They had these grand expectations and they have completely face-planted this year. And so while Arizona State has beaten them, and it is a Power 5 team, I say don't get too high and mighty about that win. And then some of the wins against the Pac-12 teams. So their, their competition, a lot of them had key injuries to the quarterback position or other skill set guys. And so I know that every team at this point in the season is wrestling and trying to tinker their lineup because of injuries and, and nobody is immune to that but you can't say that you've played stiff competition particularly against conference foes in the Pac-12 when they are not with or when they are without I should say some of their stars so that's why it's a little bit tough to measure where this Arizona State team is and why UCLA has more than a chance to win this game. I was also wondering this, and this is another thing that Chip Kelly brought up. You know, Michael Iziki, he's six foot five, a pass catcher, and I was thinking, you know, he had some nice catches last year, and 
we haven't really heard anything about him this year. He and Diamond Lee, a couple guys that we thought were going to make some noise with this offense. And what Chip revealed was that, that Michael Ezeke has been dealing with injuries and he's been in and out of the rotation and it's been tough with the injuries to sustain a, a constant level of play weeks at a time. The injury for Diamond Lee is a little bit more severe, it sounds like. He had a shoulder injury. He had surgery in the offseason, and he has not seen the field all season. I was wondering why Mike Lazicki was missing time because we know that Chip Kelly has a lust for these big-bodied receivers and, and tight end types, the six foot four, six foot five pass catchers, and Michael Ezeke certainly fills that role. And and now that he has an injury, that that makes sense. He wouldn't get specific about what that injury was. But for Diamond Lee, another guy who is a receiver, it's the shoulder injury that is finally news about that is has finally been released. As far as this defense, and and that's what I love, and I know you saw how our defense played against UCLA, or excuse me, against Stanford, and, and you feel a sense of pride and dignity in what kind of effort we were able to show. And, and once again, and it's a very smart question to ask. Chip was asked, well, what we saw defensively, how is that supposed to carry on into the next game? and against Arizona State. And Chip said that we look at it like this. What we did against Stanford, don't view it as a badge on your chest. Like you won some award and you dote on how well you played. Because you have to view it as a standard that you have to hold on to instead. Because if you get all caught up in how great you are and how well, you did in past performances. Then he pointed out an example of Wisconsin. And I think Wisconsin, before they lost, you know, this was one of those teams that was skyrocketing into the conversation of being perhaps the, the top team, the best team in the Big Ten. Obviously, you have Ohio State there. But Wisconsin was on a tear. I mean, they were just absolutely dismantling opponents. They were undefeated. And maybe they thought they were so high and mighty that they were invincible and unstoppable. And all of a sudden, they get broadsided by Illinois. And Illinois, a team that had a losing record, beats them at Illinois. And so to sum this up, Chip said that it's best that our guys, we stay in the moment which is obvious, right? But he said that the better we can perform in the moment, the better. And that if we can get that consistently done, performing well and staying in the moment and not hanging on to past accolades, there are some certain positivities that that can turn into. One more thing before I lead you into my next segment is the turnover issue and Chip said that the turnovers are the biggest telling point in a game. He said there is not one frame or piece of a game that has a bigger impact on a football team than turnovers in a game. And he said that is the first thing when he when he glosses over the stats 
that was the first thing he said he looks at when it comes to opponents, is turnovers. And then he said, even if, and obviously UCLA has had a hard time forcing them, and we finally got one against Stanford after not having any the last two games against Oregon State and Arizona. But he also brought up a very interesting point. He said, you know, a lot of times, obviously, the, the, the amount of turnovers you force is a direct correlation to you winning a game. But Utah against Arizona State, Utah was minus four in the turnovers. And still, the Utes won 21-3. to three. So he said to explain that was that it's about even if you turn the ball over, it's how you respond. Do you gloat? Do you take a sense of pride on your side of the ball defensively that, hey, maybe our offense messed up, but we're not going to mess up on our side and we're going to do our job. So I think that plays a lot into it. And so we'll have to see, you know, if turnovers are a plenty between Arizona State and UCLA, how can UCLA respond? Are they going to wallow in misery and let it affect their next play? Or are they going to do what Utah did against Arizona State and turn the ball over in their own territory and then completely stall the offense and limit the damage? All right, coming up, I'm going to finish off the show by talking about what Waylees and Jason Harris said at practice yesterday. Final segment of the show, and so much to get to tomorrow, which I will point out at the end of this segment. But got to get to what Wade Lease and, and Jason Harris said. So Wade Lease, the Bruin punter, he's a grad transfer. He's an Australian. He's 31 years old. He said, you know, given that this is his last year with college football eligibility, he's sort of weighing his options about how he wants to, to lead his life, his profession after school. And he said, obviously, he's going to go through the pro day and put his name out there in the NFL if an opportunity comes about. But he said his, his fallback plan is to get involved in sports casting and broadcasting and, and media. And he, he, he explained something that was really interesting because I think this is a great niche that he has found. So if you know a little bit about Wade's backstory, he comes from Australia and is part of this pipeline of Australian punters who have populated college football in 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 so many teams I, I don't even know there's there's tens there's 20s and 30s of Australian punters who are playing D1 college football and some of them have infiltrated into the NFL but Wade said that when it comes to like media and and, and he just started his own YouTube channel there's not a lot of content out there that helps Australian punters antiquate themselves or equate there's not a lot of there's not a lot of content out there that kind of describes the the stories behind these Australian punters and and what it takes to to make this transition so you know from a storytelling perspective I think he has a lot of cool ideas and then also from an instructional perspective too and then helping guys in Australia acclimate themselves to you know to college football in the United States and helping bridge the gap between the two countries and using social media and of course YouTube to find that niche I think that was really cool 
Final point here, and this is what Jason Harris said, a, a linebacker for UCLA, and he said that Chip Kelly went out of his way this time when telling his players how to approach the game against Stanford last week to just have fun. And I think the players really got that, and I think you could see based on their energy on the field. There was a looseness with, with how they played. They weren't so uptight. I think they were relying, as Jason said, more on their instincts. And you could tell they were having fun out there. They were passionate. They weren't afraid of making mistakes. And maybe this is a trend that can continue too, just having fun. And it was neat that, that Jason was able to inform us about that I thought that that really came across and it makes sense now because of what Chip Kelly told the players before the game tomorrow my keys to the Bruins beating Arizona State also the basketball team had a showcase event yesterday and so I want to provide some perspective on how the team looked after that first session in front of the public they had a good showing at Poly Pavilion with the fans and, and made it fun for everybody. So we'll have some basketball talk, my keys to the game. Have a great rest of your day. For Locked On Bruins, I'm Brian Fenley.